here's what I would have liked to see in the movie. And even if you never decide to see the documentary, this is really important for you to know about health in general. So first of all, this had a clearly vegan bias. And I love vegans. I love vegetarians. A lot of my clients are vegetarian or lean that way. Um, and it doesn't work for everyone. And this movie had, you know, Dr. Neil Bernard, everyone who believed in this, in the vegan diet. And at this point in my career and working with clients, I'm more interested in a documentary that will have people with different viewpoints and them having challenging conversations about when vegan makes sense and when it doesn't. And that's what I thought this was really missing. They had everyone who agreed with themselves. And that's kind of a metaphor for the, the challenge we are in our culture. We're all in these different information silos and we have to get out of them. food and your body doesn't work. You want to love and accept yourself. And because you're insatiable, you want results too. You bring the same intensity to your life, wanting to maximize your time, potential, and experiences you have here on our beautiful and wondrous planet Earth. Fair warning, it will be a roller coaster. But for those insatiable, this is your prime time to thrive. Here's to saying yes to the hunger of wanting it all. I'm your host, Ali Shapiro, who is dedicated to pioneering a saner and more empowering approach to health and weight loss. Welcome to episode 87 of the Insatiable Podcast. I'm going to review the documentary, What the Health. On Netflix, What the Health is an inspiring documentary on the power of nutrition to reverse chronic disease. There are wonderful points to this movie makes and some key points that would have made this documentary stronger. In today's episode, I'll share what I loved about the documentary, including more resources if you're interested in the conflicts of big food and our health, how I felt this documentary missed the mark saying veganism is the answer and sugar isn't a problem, and tips to become a better consumer of health media so you feel empowered, not overwhelmed every time <laughs> a new study comes out or a new documentary. All right, today we're going to do, I'm going to do a review <laughs> of the health document, of the documentary on Netflix, What the Health. But before I get to that, just a couple of things that I'm going to continue to mention because they are important. Um, I have an event coming up in New York with Melody Wilding, uh, who was on the show that got an amazing feedback about turning your emotions into power. We're going to be joining forces together on Saturday, September 16th in New York for a no bullshit approach to self-care. So if you're interested in that, get on my list at alishapiro.com. We're keeping it small because we're into transformation, not just teaching. <laughs> I mean, there's both there, but it probably will sell out. And also I am going to be doing a fall program about freeing you from nighttime overeating. It's going to be six weeks It'll have some of the intellectual property from Truths with Food in it. So it'll address the physical and emotional aspects of nighttime overeating. So get on my list there as well. Truths with Food has sold out the last two rounds and I expect this to as well. So would love to work with some of you guys. We have a lot of insatiable listeners in my programs now and it's awesome. You guys know what you're getting into. <laughs> also, if this show has benefited you, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. It really helps uh, the show and really, really appreciate it. So I want to read you. It doesn't have to be super long or involved. It just has to be honest uh, and, and, and explaining why you like the show. I'm going to read a review we got from Jennifer Lawrence that gave, gave us five stars. And it says a totally different approach to health. 
She said, I've taken several of Ali's classes and I can't say enough good things. She has an amazing ability to cut through the usual dieting distractions to the real truth. Yes, which is the radical truth. <laughs> well, I added that of why we overeat. And it's not what you think. If you are looking for a fresh and different approach to health, check out this podcast, Jennifer Lawrence. Thank you, Jennifer, for the review and all of you who have left reviews. Um, it means a lot, you know. Uh, you guys are basically, I don't have a boss. So <laughs> you're, my, you're my performance review. So thank you. Um, okay, so the other night I was chilling out and I... There was a documentary on Netflix that came out in March called What the Health? And I wanted to give you some of my thoughts about it, the things I liked and the things I would have liked to see. So overarching, I didn't really know what the documentary was going to be about um, because what they describe, what people describe it as, it was like the secrets to chronic disease, you know, that gets people to click. Like there's something we haven't heard of before. However, there were th certain things I liked. So the basic premise was that chronic disease is driven by meat and dairy right? It didn't come out and say it was a vegan movie, but they had all pro-vegan doctors and it really looked at factory farming and the effects of that. So there was uh, definitely a lens being brought to this, a biased lens. All of us are biased. That's okay. It's just important when you're trying to simplify <laughs> what works for you, which is a complicated process that you start to understand where people are coming from. And that's going to be part of what I would have liked to see in the documentary. But here's what I, here's what I loved about the movie. First of all, it shows very, it does a good job with graphics and tying the tying industries like dairy and meat to the health organizations like the American Cancer Society, the American Diabetics Association, the American Heart Association. I am so glad more people are realizing this. When I first stumbled upon this about 15 years ago, it was so devastating to me. As someone who obviously had a near-death experience with cancer, um, it was traumatizing in a way to realize that all the people I thought I should have trusted on, trusted for getting me healthy. It's not that I couldn't trust them completely. It's just that their, their outlook was compromised by industry. And no one was really talking about this at the time. And I mean, some people were, but not like we are today. So I love that this, this movie is, is making that very explicit for people. And it's really important to understand how far deep the connections are between big food and big pharma and big agriculture and the, the tactics that they use. And so I thought this was really great at showing people kind of an introductory map of this. If you are interested in going further after you see the documentary, if you decide to watch it, definitely check out Marian Nestle's Food Politics book. It's kind of like, to me, the Bible <laughs> of, food, food, of food politics. It's very dense. It can be hard to get through at times. It took me a while to read it 15 years ago, but it really gives you a big picture so you can see all the moving parts. Another great book, um, Michael Pollan's In Defense of Food, gets into a little bit of the political persuasion and tactics that, that these companies do. And I will let you know, they own both sides of our aisle, right? Big Pharma owns everybody in D.C., and Big Sugar owns everybody in D.C., so this isn't a partisan issue um, if you care about public health and your own health. So I like that they're getting people to see that, especially, you know, Susan Komen Foundation, you know, they, get, they, they cite research that dairy promotes breast cancer, which is true, but yet they have partnered with, you know, Yoplait, which has sugar and dairy in it, right? So it's important for people to see this because we're on our own out here, people, and the quicker we can accept that, and it's hard. One of the darkest night of the souls that I had was discovering all of this. It was the answer to why I wasn't getting better and why I had so many health issues. 
And it was also meant that I had to take radical responsibility for my own health because I learned no one is it. No one is in charge at the ship, at the head of the ship. <laughs> and you have human beings who care about power and their egos and, and money and prestige who are fallible. There's not one big conspiracy, I don't think. I just think it's the human condition out of check, which is why we're, we're in so much deep doo-doo. I would have never used that word, but that's what came up. So I like that the, the movie talked about that. And you can see how basically <laughs> things are very contradictory. The next thing that I loved that a lot of issue, a lot of people don't bring up is the civil rights issues here. A lot of these factory farming are in the poorest neighborhoods. Um, they focused on the pork industry in North Carolina. And this is really true, right? As long as people aren't the people middle class and above, if we're not exposed to this, we don't out of sight, out of mind, basically. And the people who are in these neighborhoods, they have so much asthma, chronic disease issues from the environmental impact of not just meat. And this was kind of one of the things I wanted, I think the flaws of, of the industrial agricultural system in general. Um, this movie focused because it was pro-vegan, it was focusing not on ranchers and dairy owners who are really actually contributing to the environment. Going vegan itself in of itself is not always the environmental answer. And that's a much more complicated issue, not for this podcast, but I love that they focused on this, showing that the poorest people who have the most stress, the least resources are being the most exposed to the environmental pollutants from the, indus the industrial agriculture system. And I also loved how they used how the industry, and I'm talking about the, the, the different industries, I call it big food, but underneath big food, you have big sugar, you have, you know, big meat, but then you have like pork has its own industry, you know, eggs have its own industry, dairy has its own industry because eggs aren't dairy, right? They're put in the dairy section, but they're not. So each kind of interest group has its own. So, and they have different interests. I like how they showed how the industry uses doubt as its marketing tool, right? When you don't have the facts on your side, you need something out. So everyone, and, and Marianne Nessel, or I'm sorry, Dr. Deborah Davis and her book, The Secret History of the War on Cancer, which is another Bible if you're really interested in cancer environments and the politics. Basically, all these books show how, I think Big Tobacco is probably who started this. I'm not sure. Or maybe politicians have been doing it since the end of time. But you use doubt um, to confuse people. Um, and many of us are confused about what do I eat? What do I, what don't I eat? Right. And a lot of it is because of shoddy science, <laughs> you know, sponsored by these interest groups, but it's also because this industry has billions of dollars funneling into making people doubt things. And we see how it works, right? They do it because it works. Our current regime here in the U S is doing it. This is nothing new, but it works. And now we have less attention spans, which makes it doubly uh, catastrophic. So I, I, that's what I loved about this. And it did show the power of diet uh, for people who a vegan diet works for. And, and I'll get into what I would have liked to see in, in that review. I also thought they had great metaphors of how big the impact of deaths, like how many people are really dying from bad food choices. And, and, I, don't, and I mean bad by um, pol policy, <laughs> government subsidies to the most, most unhealthy crops. This isn't all an individual issue. And so we need to start realizing, if you don't realize, realize the cultural conditioning and the cultural environment set, setting you up, you will not know how to work around it. And you'll continue to think it's only you, which doesn't get you very far. So that's why I'm focusing more and more on this cultural conditioning and the politics of this. Because if we don't understand that, we're just going to recreate the same problem, but it's going to be dressed up differently. And it's going to look like a solution, but it's not.
And again, they had some really powerful case studies of people who changed their diets and in like two weeks were off all their meds, which I just love that because that is a spiritual experience when you realize you have the power. Um, And that's what has kept me going through my career the past 10 years to help people when it's gotten hard. I mean, this this is radical revolutionary truth here. So here's what I would have liked to see in the movie. And even if you never decide to see the documentary, this is really important for you to know about health in general. So first of all, this had a clearly vegan bias. And I love vegans. I love vegetarians. A lot of my clients are vegetarian or lean that way. Um, And it doesn't work for everyone. And this movie had, you know, Dr. Neil Bernard, everyone who believed in this, in the vegan diet. And at this point in my career and working with clients, I'm more interested in a documentary that will have people with different viewpoints and them having challenging conversations about when vegan makes sense and when it doesn't. And that's what I thought this was really missing. They had everyone who agreed with themselves. And that's kind of a metaphor for the the challenge we are in our culture. We're all in these different information silos and we have to get out of them. The model that I use with my clients, which is based on autonomic nervous system and its influence on metabolism, has helped people uh, who, (laughs) who some people really do do better on vegan and vegetarian. A lot of people do well in Mediterranean and a lot of people do paleo and um, keto. And why I love this model is not only is it this model congruent with all of the information we have coming out about how to thrive in life, but it it makes all this contradictory information all fall into place. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this model. Dr. Kelly Brogan, a really good friend of mine, is going to come back on the podcast in August or September because she uses this model as well in her practice. And what's interesting about this model is the general theory is that the sort of soft tissue tumors, people who who are more susceptible to those or have those genetic risks, sometimes those people um, do do better with vegan and vegetarian diets. Yet those who get blood cancers, like what I had, they need more meat to balance their system. And it's really interesting because having gone through cancer at 13 and then was trying to be healthy, I tried vegan and vegetarian for a while and it was hell. It just did not work for me. Granted, I probably wasn't doing it while I was eating like soy dogs, but when you're in college, you don't know, right? (laughs) But when you understand this model of that not one diet works for everyone and you understand the emerging research about gut bacteria and and the glycemic index being bunk, you start to realize you want to hear people talk about that, not just one diet. So I was a little disappointed in that. I'm, I'm so much more interested in this complexity than the dogma of one diet being best. And that includes, I get bored when paleo people are religious about paleo or, you know, whatever diet it is, it's just too oversimplified. And it's, it's, it's sending the everyday citizen who's overwhelmed with life already, it's making them throw their hands up and that's not helpful. So that was one of the things that I was really disappointed in. And along with that is they were also basically saying sugar isn't the culprit. They were saying it's meat and dairy, and they cited a couple sources of sugar not influencing chronic disease. And I just totally disagree with that. Americans or American culture has a very challenging time with the concept of and, right? You can be really grateful for your life and still struggling. You can be privileged and still being still having a lot of challenges, right? You can be, I don't know, you can be content with your life and having a really bad day. So, and you can be positive and also be very critical of things, right? (laughs) So to say that it's not sugar, that it's only meat and dairy is this very either or mental construct that culturally is getting us in a lot of problems. 
sugar is most definitely the problem for a lot of us, right? As someone who does better with meat, I am very sensitive to sugar. And I've seen the changes in my own life and that of clients when they reduce sugar. And so they also tend to be the people who do better on Mediterranean paleo keto diets. Sugar just hits their system differently versus those who do better with vegan and vegetarian, they have more carbohydrate tolerance. Yes, it's not fair, right? If you love carbs, it's not fair. But as Carlos always tells me, I'm still grappling this election. (laughs) This made me come to terms that life isn't fair. And he's like, you grew up learning that life was fair (laughs) and you're still just struggling with the concept that it isn't, which is so true, which is why I did a whole podcast on it, Meritocracy, uh, Your Green Juice Doesn't Make You Worthy, episode 75. I'm really coming to terms with life not being fair. And not that I thought it was fair, but like really all of the implications for how I view things and my spiritual philosophy and all that. It's it's really going under a lot of rewiring, but that's a tangent. But so I didn't appreciate how they oversimplified this take on it. And the truth is when you're really studying how to thrive and not how to die, everything is multifactorial, right? So to say it's only meat and dairy just isn't true. When often a lot of dairy is paired with sugar, right? Ice cream, frozen yogurt, all these type of things. So I didn't appreciate that. They also didn't differentiate between factory farm meat and the ranchers who are doing really great environmentally sustainable uh, practices and grass-fed. And that's, again, that's that, that kind of stuff. When you study how we thrive, a lot of people do need that. So they, they didn't get into any nuance. And, and maybe they think the American public or those watching it don't want nuance. But I hope as a a citizen and as a consumer, you start demanding more nuance. <laughs> it's for your, your own health and also the way that you take in information. The other thing that I thought was a little, I get it that you know movies are a visual medium, so you have to show a dramatic change. That's part of the visual medium. But there, what they showed was people who were on like 15 meds, right? And then in two weeks, they made, they had this dramatic changes. When you are in that type of health condition where you're taking 15 different meds a day, yeah, you're going to experience some pretty dramatic changes. And often doing eating tons of vegetables, right? We know from the Gut Health Project and some other studies that it's often not about if meat is present, but it's about are all these vegetables and photonutrients. Um, when we had Dr. Terry Walls on, she talked about that. You know, they kept saying plant-based diet in this movie, and I eat a plant-based diet and I also eat meat. <laughs> so, but, but getting back to that is, you know, for a lot of us, it's going to take more time than two weeks. And if people see, hey, it only takes two weeks, and then they don't get quite the, the delta, right? Quite the change that people in the movie see, I don't want them to get discouraged. A lot of my clients, they may have diagnoses like depression or Hashimoto's, but they're not in that pain, that point where they're in pain every day, right? So if you're in chronic pain, you have so much more incentive than well, I'm just depressed and this is kind of how I felt and it's the background of my life and I forget what it's like not to feel that way. So again, movies and TV are visual mediums. They're meant for these dramatic changes. I'm thrilled for these people. I'm thrilled that they found out food can be their medicine. It was really uplifting and I love seeing this, seeing more people catching on to this. But these are the points that I felt like I wish would have been said and definitely watch it. It's, I think it's worth the time. I always want you guys to become more discerning health citizens because this mindset, how you eat and how you take in health information is also how you live. And that's why when clients work with me, they find it so life-changing because the blind spots that were there from being all or nothing or from thinking life had to, health had to be extreme, life opens up and they see a middle way. <laughs> Moderation is the new radical. So definitely check out the movie if you, if you have some time. It's summer and, and you want to kick back and relax. And also 
realize some of the points that we're missing. So that's my take on what the health movie review. Remember, always figure out what works best for you. That's the path to thriving. And if you are interested in coaching with me in the fall and you're in the New York City area, September 16th, uh, a Saturday, me and Melody, it's going to be awesome. No bullshit self-care. And there'll be more details on my website once I get them up. And then also I'm going to be doing a freedom from nighttime overeating course. It's going to be six weeks right at the end of September. We'll wrap up uh, beginning of November and it's going to focus on the physical and emotional stuff. Get on my site at Ali Shapiro, A-L-I-S-H-A-P-I-R-O.com to get on both of those or to get notice to be first to note, first to notify on those. And again, if you can leave an iTunes review, that would be wonderful. And again, as always, please connect with me on Instagram. That's kind of my new favorite place. I go in fits and spurts with it. Ali M. Shapiro, A-L-I-M, M as in Mary, Shapiro, S-H-A-P-I-R-O. Um, and then also on Facebook, Facebook backslash Ali Shapiro. So, or Ali Marie Shapiro. It's Ali Marie Shapiro, I think. <laughs> it's my business page. I'm taking a, a personal hiatus from Facebook for the summer so I can stay calm. All right. I hope you guys appreciated this and I'll see you on social media and back here next week. Have questions or reactions about the episode? Reach out to me on Instagram and Twitter at Ali M. Shapiro or Facebook at Facebook backslash Ali Marie Shapiro. And if you love the show, please leave an iTunes review and tell one friend this week about how to get the Insatiable podcast on their phone. See you on social media. Bye.